Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures, as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 2, Episode 16, Roadkill, premiered on March 15th, 2007, directed by Charles Beeson and written by Rayel Tucker. We are Natural, Natural friends. friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Remember, spoilers ahead. Gentlemen, I have a holiday-themed poll this week. What you got? Season 2 Sam, Dean, and Santa Claus get in a three-way boxing match. Who wins? (laughs) (laughs) People love Dean. Dean won with 45% of this vote. In second place, the Tooth Fairy... With a steel chair. (laughs) (laughs) And Sam and Santa Claus tied for third. People just kind of just don't have faith in Sam. (laughs) I think they need more respect for Santa Claus. That too. (laughs) People think that the tooth fairy playing dirty can beat Sam. (laughs) (laughs) This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean see dead people. As they hunt down one ghost and help another move on. I've been really starting to pay attention to the opening um, previously on, I guess we want to call it. And I almost, this was a good one because it wasn't as obvious um, as the previous ones, like what we were going to deal with. Um, I went back and watched it again and understood it, but there was no way that I was like, oh, I bet you this is what we're going to touch on this week. I don't even remember the previously on. The only thing I remember from it is I was surprised by their choice to have Dean killing the zombie in the coffin as part of their montage. Because if you didn't see that scene or like that show, that episode, then it looked like Dean murdered a woman in a coffin. (laughs) So I was really thrown off by that one. So I didn't remember like anything about this episode, really. Um, so it was really fun for me to watch. And this recap, I was kind of doing the same thing, looking for like what this episode was going to be about. And I just found it to be very comprehensive of the entire show. To me, this episode felt very much like it was meant for someone who'd never seen the show before. Oh, yeah. So I was even looking up like, was this sweeps week? Was there something else like leading into it? It wasn't sweeps week. Um, not sure if there was something else leading into the show or not, but it just felt designed for new viewers for the audience. Uh. <laughs> well, in, in your defense, I was going to have you, I was going to have Casey teach you and remind me about sweeps. week Cause I okay. never fully understood this. So I don't even know, have the full understanding of it. Cause Nielsen ratings are stupid. Um, do you guys know what Nielsen's ratings are? <laughs> Vaguely. I've heard of them. <laughs> so they send these diaries out to a select amount of viewers and you have to write down what you watch every single day. Um, but they go to like a small number of people and everyone's not going to write down exactly what they watch and 
there's a, a whole bunch of like bias that plays into it. But there's these certain weeks um, throughout the year. I don't remember why they're important, but they are important for Nielsen's ratings. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff that like companies do to promote sweeps week. And they're very important for their ratings, for networks ratings. Um, so with trying to build up an audience, sometimes you will see stuff more designed for people who are going to be tuning in for the first time, um, which is, again, what this episode felt like. I know part of it is advertising. Sweeps week or sweeps in general is, is more expensive advertising. They get more money, but I, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would love to learn the history of this. Um, it's like this, uh, it's a feedback loop cycle of uh, sweeps are very important because the advertising comes in. The advertising comes in because it's sweep sweep. Like it's like, why did this happen? Yeah. So I, I w- I'm going to lurk into that some more. During this opening scene, there was uh, a sign that they focused in on saying 35 miles an hour. And I focused in on the fact that it said 35 miles an hour and not that there was a curve ahead. Um, and so I was like, <laughs> ah, 35 gonna be a thing. It was never a thing. <laughs> Only the curve mattered. <laughs> so we're hanging out with Molly and David while they're having a fight in their car. And we see Molly. And do you guys just have any thoughts as soon as you see her? Like maybe... Bears. Beats. Battlestar Galactica. Hey, who is that? That's right. <laughs> Welcome to our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars featured on this week's episode of Supernatural. First up, we're going to spend some time with Molly, played by the ever-wonderful Trisha Helfer. Hey, who is that? As Greg was kind enough to point out, uh, most people are going to know um, Trisha Helfer from playing number six on the TV series Battlestar Galactica. You may also recognize her from some appearances on Burn Notice, Chuck, The Firm, Criminal Minds, Community, Suits... Powers, Lucifer, Van Helsing, and uh, here's a fun fact for you. So, as fans of The Office will know, Dwight Shute, big fan of Battlestar Galactica, and also the video game StarCraft, as he once dressed up as Kerrigan from StarCraft for Halloween. Trisha Helfer voiced Kerrigan in StarCraft 2. Huh. Everything's connected. <laughs> and then next up, we have David's new wife, uh, played by Maria Marlowe. Hey, who is that? So you might recognize Maria from an appearance on uh, Netflix's Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or maybe from a season nine episode of Supernatural playing a completely different character. There it is. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Hey, Who Is That? I'm really thankful that we have GPS because oh I would be horrible with directions. I feel like you're the type who wouldn't stop to ask for directions, like our pal David here. Correct. Yeah. But not like the, for some reason, stereotypical man versus woman thing. I No, just it's in your would, genetic code. You wouldn't do it. Right. Well, I would just not want to bother people. I have done a lot of that, like pre- <laughs> Pre GPSs, I I specifically remember going into a bar when I was underage to, uh, to ask <laughs> uh, directions to this girl's house, and uh, 
<laughs> they all knew her family. <laughs> Just thinking back, like, that's terrifying. <laughs> but anyway, it's uh, it's David and Molly's anniversary. And uh, even that's not enough to convince David to ask for directions on how to get to Lake Tahoe. Um, and they're, you know, having some fun about it. Just having a good laugh in the car while they're driving, as you do. And suddenly there's a man in the road. They're over the hill and into a tree. This scene made me very, like, tensed up. Like, I don't know, something about it made me, like, flashback to, like, losing my control in a car during, like, a snowstorm or something. Like, it's so, like, powerless. Like, there's nothing you can do at that point. And, you know, they hit pretty hard. I think part of the tenseness that you feel comes from the fact that this wreck is realistic. Like, just driving over a bank and crashing into a tree. It's not hit the man, hit a patch of ice, flip over 180 um, and blow up. You know, it was just, (laughs) oh man, they just went right over that bank. They may or may not have died. And like from the real world, like, you know, like that type of crash, they could walk away without a scratch or they, they could be dead. But for TV, it's not usually that realistic. So I liked it. Straight after the crash, we hit the title card. Um, then we come back from the title card, back to the crash scene, and see that Molly's alive. And I think that's our, kind of our first hint that we're in for something a little different this episode. And the fact that we're not hanging out with Sam or Dean after the title card. We're staying with this person from the intro, which I don't think we've done before. So it kind of gives us a little bit of a hint that the boys aren't going to be our main character, really. It's going to be Molly that we're going to spend most of our time with. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. I love mixing up uh perspectives and uh just mixing up the writing in general and it reminded me of that episode of house where i think it was cuddy's perspective and they would just show house's team just random scenes and like sitting on top of a patient giving them cpr running through the hallways (laughs) with like normally you would be seeing what's going on there it's it's so much fun i read a a thing from ray al tucker that said that um she essentially had to write two episodes whenever she was writing this one. Um, the one we got from Molly's perspective, but then also one from Sam and Dean's perspective to make sure everything was filling in correctly, which I thought was really interesting. That's the way to do it. I thought you were going to say, in case they didn't like the perspective change, and they <laughs> um, went with a standard episode instead. No, her whole pitch. So she's been trying to pitch this episode apparently for a while before they actually made it of just the idea of... Um, our main character's a ghost and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had revised this whole story idea many, many times before finally getting this <laughs> version approved. Like, fine, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Like we said, Molly's alive. Um, and she wakes up to see that David isn't in the car. So she stumbles through the woods um, and comes upon a weird cabin with a candle in the window, a bloody counter and a bunch of knives on the wall. Uh, would you guys have gone in there? So, do they have a phone to call for help? <laughs> no, I didn't look. At least like you it. didn't see one from the window. Yeah, I'm I, I'm overly confident as far as like being safe goes. Like I I should be more afraid. Like the bar incident. Um, so I I probably would have gone in and then like later been like that wasn't safe. Like, <laughs> I could have died. Right, like when you got inside and saw the man who was standing in the middle of the road that caused you to wreck, and he turns around and he has a hole in his stomach, and then his face turns into a ghost face. 
like after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Okay. Um, not a great effect that face transition. No. Yeah, they had to do something to scare her and have her run, but they didn't have to do that. <laughs> I wasn't um, really sure what they were going for. Like, was he like, was it his dead face? Was he just scaring her? I uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird, and we've definitely seen like better versions of it on this show before. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, but Molly runs away from him and ends up back on the road uh, in front of the Winchesters. If it had been a little bit longer, you would start to wonder <laughs> if it was just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> this was a neat way to start the episode, um, like we said before, um, because we sort of got to jump into the action a lot faster too. Like there wasn't that like you know lead up to the exciting parts. Like we were already in it and you know in distress, and it was I was like, oh, this is fun. Molly takes the boys back to where her car should have been, and they find that the car is not there, which is odd. Um, but while she's down there saying the car was right here, um, Sam tells Dean that Greeley will be here any second. And at this point, we have no idea at all what that means. And I love that. Like, yes. that's when we're just fully on board with we're in this from Molly's perspective, and the boys are going to say things that we have no idea what they mean. And that's really cool. Yeah, I I really enjoy, you usually get it with movies where, not all the time, but like some really good movies, have you jump in. You have to put together the pieces of what's happening prior to the plot and how it all pans out. And uh, they did that here, and I, I'm, always, I'm a sucker for it. I always love that. So um, it's our first hint that when she ran into the boys, they, they didn't just happen to be traveling across country to a different place. They were on a case and we get more and more detail as, as the episode goes. So the boys get Molly back into the, um, the Impala and they try to just drive away from the scene, which uh, after knowing everything we know about the episode, I'm a little confused by. Yeah. I'm like, not sure what their plan yeah, was. What was the, what was their idea? Maybe it's to change the, outcome of the night maybe to kind of get her away from it maybe like, I don't, I, mm. the, only, the only thing i could think of was like to still take her to david's house and try to get her to move on yeah possibly without doing anything with um Greeley. so th- they had determined that there were two people like they knew the two ghosts yeah, th- they knew it was two ghosts so- and that she was one of them and they, they also knew she was cremated. So they, they knew she had unfinished business. So maybe they were going to attempt to do what they ultimately did and help her move on. But uh, Greeley himself did not need to be taken care of that day because they just needed his bones. So they could have gone the next morning. Right. And my understanding of it is that Greeley never hurt anyone. I was fuzzy on that because it, it, the two of them somehow, like, cause accidents yeah so the story was that she always did what she did to dean is uh, run in front okay. of the car and cause an accident but they were prepared to stop yeah. the car because that was going to happen i think yeah. at least that was my yeah. theory. and dean's a great driver and the impala's a great car yes, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um okay that makes sense then because yeah even if they didn't take care of I, like the the ghost killing people was was her so 
try and take care, like divide and conquer, I guess. Yeah. So the night would have been a lot easier if she would have just left or been able if to she leave. Could have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Greeley won't let them go. The car radio turns on. House of the Rising Sun comes on. Great pick for a song. I love that we didn't get a reason for it. It just is what it is. Um, and Molly mentions that that's the song that was playing whenever their car crashed. Greeley starts saying she's mine over the radio, which is just a creepy little thing for him. Then he appears in the middle of the road and Dean just drives right through him. Hits the gas. Great choice. But then Greeley uh, just shuts down the Impala. Yeah. This is a powerful ghost. Yeah. Yeah. He's very strong. <laughs> So she starts freaking out because she needs to get to her husband and blah, blah, blah. And he makes it a, a promise that um, they're going to uh, help him, her, help her find him or something along those lines or that he's alive or that they're going to keep him, you know, save him or something along those lines. She pro- he promises her. And I it just I I don't like when he promises things to people <laughs> that he doesn't know. Luckily, in this episode, it turns out that he does know the answer to it. <laughs> right. So it kind of worked out yes. this time. But me not knowing that was like, come on, Sam, you got you got to stop. <laughs> uh, we, we definitely get a lot of like peak Sam moments in this episode, um, which is very funny coming after Tall Tales, where we got to see Dean kind of make, uh, fun, of make Sam. fun of Sam. Yeah. yeah. You're too precious for this world. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Molly's reaction to seeing the guns in the trunk. Um, yeah. Thanks for helping, but I think I got it covered from here. <laughs> this cracked me up. I I was just thinking of like how to explain this away, even if they like were trying to tell the truth or whatever. It was like, oh, wait, no. What a funny. You, you thought I was going to use this on you. What a funny misunderstanding. These guns and various weapons are or for someone else <laughs> not you i like that they both like had to use their approach to get through to her like sam's like okay i'm gonna talk to you really nicely but you know dean's over there just like yelling things from the car <laughs> and it worked out in the end she wasn't too freaked out um i thought dean was oddly standoffish this episode um especially like with the way he was treating molly um, and it felt kind of weird. Like, why is Dean so being so mean to this woman? <laughs> um, but then it makes sense because Dean hates everything supernatural and she's a ghost. I think he says something along those lines. Oh, later on when he's um, giving the backstory to why some good people become evil. Mm-hmm. And then he says something along the lines of, uh, you know, I don't give them. I don't like to give them, let them have excuses or something along those lines. So yeah, he he puts it out there in this episode. When they started telling the story of this um, ghost, I don't know, it, it definitely sounded like one of those um, like high school legends or uh, a campfire story or something like that. When he was like, "One night a year, or one night every yeah. year, <laughs> the lady walks the road." <laughs> Even um, the guy's name sounds made up, just like. Greeley like you can picture the high schoolers talking about old man Greeley died one night like it just sounds made up because it is but (laughs) right (laughs) so the Winchesters plus one make it back to Greeley's cabin and decide to start looking for a path that would lead them to Greeley's house and uh, there's a voice that calls out to Molly which she thinks is David but nope Molly walks away on her own gets got but then Dean shows up 
and blast Greeley in the head, <laughs> which was a much better effect than the uh, face transformation. That looked pretty cool. This uh, this jump scare got me. Um, I don't know why. Like I knew something was gonna happen. Like wh- why wouldn't something happen? And then he comes out. And it's only a guy. Like it's not even that <laughs> scary. <laughs> um, but I definitely jumped during it. And then that, like you said, that headshot was perfect. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does it? Does he have a little like quip when he does that? He says, "Whoops." <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> After that, they spot the path to Greeley's house, and they decide to follow the creepy brick road. They get to the house, and it's a creepy house. And Dean quips that uh, for once he'd like to round the corner and see a nice house. <laughs> I was thrown off by this setup. I guess it still makes sense, but this house is in the middle of nowhere, right? Am I wrong about that? Like, it's barely off a a road, but other than that road, it's a thousand acres of nothing, or woods, Mm -hmm. with this house in the middle of nowhere. And then they drove for a long time without seeing anybody, right? So, like, the idea is that it's pretty far out there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was just thrown off by the hunting cabin, where it's just like, your house itself seems like a hunting cabin. No, because I, I think that's mostly where the slaughtering happened. That's what I was telling myself. It's like I yeah, guess if because he had all like the skinny e- tools even and in stuff. the middle of nowhere, you'd want a separate place for that. Yeah. Okay. The butchering, yes, not the slaughtering, and that'd be vicious. <laughs> <laughs> Deer capture. <laughs> um, they get inside Greeley's house and just do some classic searching and finding, and uh, Sam and Molly find a little uh, scrapbook of Jonah and Marion and it turns out Jonah was a was a real softy when they were looking through these letters I tried to pull you and like pause it and read them yeah it was boring <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice and loving and I was like oh I wanted stories about <laughs> waterproof pajamas <laughs> that would have been really funny if, <laughs> if they had a <laughs> waterproof pajama love letter <laughs> <laughs> so sweet Dean comes up and um, they end up finding a secret door in that same room uh, which they go up into and Dean says that it smells like old lady um, and then he finds out why uh, turns out that Marion uh, hanged herself in that room yeah this was a this was a scene they all acted fairly like normal to finding a dead hanging skeleton yeah yeah i would also be curious to see how long a body can hang for i i was afraid to get too morbid but i was wondering <laughs> i'm that sure same it's 15 thing. years just about ready to to fall and this brought us to the moment where i had the most trouble uh suspending my disbelief um that they took the time to dig a grave for this woman after dean had just talked about how little time they have in the snow so frozen oh, yeah. ground as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so Sam's we can't just leave her here was very characteristic, but it's still like like you're saying though, time management, you know, like we'll we'll, we'll cut her down, we'll dig a grave tomorrow. <laughs> we got things. Put a blanket to do. over. Yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. Good point. And I was very disappointed in their grave. Their graves are normally like perfectly square six foot graves <laughs> even with just them digging normally um but maybe like you said bruce with it being frozen yeah they did a really sloppy job this time 
So they put the old lady in the ground. And I think during that scene or soon after, I was annoyed at first, but I appreciate it now, was Molly had this line about like, I have to see him again. It was like, I have to see him again or I have to see him one one more time or something. I think it was, I have to see him again. And it was very clunky, but with the twist of her being a ghost, it makes sense. I thought it was, because uh, I still didn't remember the twist. So I thought uh, he was dead or already dead or something. And you know, I thought they were going to see him or his ghost. And so I thought her phrasing was poor, forced, uh, clunky, but it felt that way because like she, without realizing it internally, felt that way as a restless spirit. So I, I do approve of it now. So um, I don't know the answer to this, but it would be kind of cool if while filming, she didn't know that she was dead. Like, because I'm, <laughs> I'm sure during that, she's like, wait, I'm playing a person who doesn't know they're dead, but they're actually dead. So like she has to like kind of do double meanings to everything she says yeah (laughs) greg i had a few moments like that in the episode and some of it was whenever um dean was having those sensitive conversations with molly um around spirits and like okay why like why is it important that we focus on this right now it felt like a lot of rehashing of topics and that to me felt like okay we're doing this for new viewers and the same thing with talking about like what happens to ghosts in the afterlife like we've done this before it feels like for new viewers, um, but you do appreciate it more once you know what's going on with Molly because it's then it's you no know, Sam's trying to really inform her of what's happening to her. Yes, while also informing new viewers. Exactly, I, the whole time I was like, "New viewers, new viewers." Um, which one thing they pointed out for new viewers was the salt in the guns, and um, Sam made a comment about purity and salt, and that's where like. A lot of the superstition comes from. And I didn't find anything on that. But I did find from mortonsalt.com, straight from the source, (laughs) a few little fun tidbits as far as uh, salt and superstition are concerned. The early Greeks worshipped salt no less than the sun and had a saying that, quote, No one should trust a man without first eating a peck of salt with him. The moral being that by the time one had shared a peck of salt with another person, they would no longer be strangers because at the time salt was very important. So they wouldn't waste it with strangers. The widespread superstition that spilling salt brings bad luck is believed to have originated with the overturned salt cellar in front of Judas at the Last Supper. According to an old Norwegian superstition, a person will shed as many tears as will be necessary to dissolve the spilled salt. An old English belief has it that every grain of salt spilled represents future tears. The Germans believe that whoever spills salt arouses enmity because it is thought to be the direct act of the devil, the peace disturber. The French throw a little spilled salt behind them in order to hit the devil in the eye to temporarily prevent further mischief. In the United States, some people not only toss a pinch of salt spilled over their left shoulder, but crawl under the table and come out the opposite side. (laughs) That is direct from the source, mortonsalt.com. That's fantastic. 
Thank you, Greg. So while the Three's company are hanging out inside of Greeley's house, the Winchesters are apparently whispering too loudly, and Molly overhears them that they're keeping some type of secret about her husband, which uh, she starts to get pretty mad about. But just in time, uh, House of the Rising Sun starts playing, which Dean has to go investigate. Then uh, Greeley ends up frosting over the door, saying she's mine. Nice and creepy. And then he shows up and snatches her through the window. This is twice now that Sam has walked in front of her and not behind her. And both times I was like, I don't know if this is a better position. (laughs) But Bruce, at the same time, who cares? She's a ghost. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I did notice it the first time with walking on the path of like, like you said, I don't know what the better position is, but if you're in front, I feel like you should be looking back every few seconds. (laughs) Um, He just walked right up. But uh, what happened in the house? He was just in front of her, not looking at her inside the house as well. And then he came through the window. Okay. And we also have to remember this is Samuel Winchester, um, famously known for holding a gun to a woman's head while escorting her out of a house that was on fire. So (laughs) safety is never his top priority. (laughs) They know that the best course of action at this point is going to be to find Greeley's bones and salt and burn them. And they see a picture of um, the Greeley couple standing outside the hunting cabin and Sam, the great detective uh, remembers that there's a tree that's not in the picture that was taken two weeks before Greeley died. And since he is a walking encyclopedia of weirdness, he uh, knows that there's an old country custom to plant a tree as a grave marker. So that's where the body must be. Of how all the things that they know, that's the one he was like, that's weird to know, Sam. <laughs> that was cool, though. That was, that, was, that was a fun way to uh, kind of still show that they're not, you know, these crazy evil people. And, you know, they planted a tree. Yeah. <laughs> so Greeley has Molly strung up inside the cabin, ready to butcher her. Well, slaughter, I guess, applies this time. <laughs> Does it? Because she's dead. So This <laughs> <laughs> ah! is <just> so confusing. <laughs> so she's strung up. And Greeley's ready to torture her and starts to. Um, But the Winchesters get there and Dean throws open the door, shoots him right in the head for the second time. And uh, we get the shot from uh, Molly's perspective this time. Um, So we see Greeley's head explode. Uh, They actually used a water balloon to help create that effect. Neat. Yeah. This was, it was a good shot and... I noticed and decided not to be nitpicky about uh, Dean not clearing what's behind his target because he shot at this guy's head with Molly's head directly behind his head. Um, But now it makes sense. She's dead. He doesn't care at all. Once again, this was a moment where I was like, Dean, why are you not more concerned about this woman? Oh, because she's a ghost and you hate her. Got it. But also we've seen people get hit with salt before. It's not the end of the world. And he personally oh, knows. True. Yeah. yeah he's been <laughs> in but then once uh, Dean pulls off the headshot, Molly says, thank God. And Dean says, call me Dean. <laughs> that did not land. Oh, I love really? that. <laughs> yeah. Bruce, that is such a Bruce line. Of, like, anytime I, there's a Dean line that I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm like, Bruce will love that. We get again to see how good the Winchesters are at digging, um, digging in frozen soil and Sam's able to dig up this body pretty quickly and 
for only like what the third or fourth time uh, we have destroyed a spirit by salting and burning its bones. Yeah, at this point, I assume they're not going to get to that point. Like something's going to be in the way or they're going to be cremated already or there's going to be something. Well, see, there's two spirits this time. So they got to have a normal one and then someone was already cremated. Um, Bruce, are you going to toss out your complaint about grave digging and knowing exactly where to dig? I was waiting because for it's, it. It is around a tree, but then they have 360 degrees to choose from, and they nailed it. Well, I was thinking the roots probably make it very difficult. Oh, that's um, true. Too. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I, I couldn't get like a good sight of how the tree was planted, but maybe there was only like I mean, Greedy looked like a pretty place. tall guy, so maybe there was only like a few <laughs> choices for where you really had the proper length between wherever like the next thing was that you would bump up into, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, and to your point earlier, Casey, if they had waited to bury the wife, then they could have buried them next to each other. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, they're buried at two separate buildings now, <laughs> and like. Not only would that be like a romantic gesture, but it's also less work, like just dig a wider grave. (laughs) So the boys and Molly then head back to the Impala and Molly's concerned because she feels that she knows the truth that David's actually dead. But Sam tells her that David's alive and they're going to take her to him. And it turns out that Molly's a ghost, just like Bruce Willis. I thought that Sam was like lying to her for a second. Like I thought we really were going to have like some character change here um where he was like it's not worth it to because if I, if I tell her that he is not alive or that he doesn't know if he's alive she's not leaving that area until she finds him or she's going to keep looking for him but if he says yeah i know where he is like she's trusted him at this point and now She'll go with him. So I was like, are they just going to tell her she's alive? He's alive. And then he's not going to be like, I was ready for them to, to be like, yeah, he's in that house. Go look and then drive away. Like, I just <laughs> thought they're going to be total jerks. This episode. Rewatching after forgetting this episode, I still didn't remember the ending. I, I did think like the husband might be dead. That would explain the car disappearing. Maybe No, it wouldn't, but it would like, I don't know. I, I, I was thinking, as I was supposed to think, that the husband was dead or something happened with the husband. And along those same lines, Bruce, I, I was thinking, well, exactly like you said, is is he just lying to her? and Or or do they know what happened to him, but it's not going to be pretty? Like I, I could not figure that out. But she's dead. Bruce, what did you think of the reveal? <laughs> I immediately thought like, oh, it's like that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was cool. Um, I almost thought it was like my I'm because immediately I was like, oh, it's like that movie, but probably not. I'm just being ridiculous. And then it turned out to be <laughs> um, this reveal definitely made um, the whole episode just like jump up for me. Like I, I was very ready to give it like a lower rating up until that point. Like I was like, this is good. But eh. and then I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, it had the exact same effect on me. Like, it completely changed everything that came before it, which is the way every twist should work. Mm -hmm. There's a part earlier in the episode that uh, Dean calls Sam J. Love Hewitt. Do you guys get that reference? I did. Isn't she a 
scream. <laughs> nope. 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 Uh, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, but yeah. that's not why. Oh, no, no. So uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt uh, is in a sh- was in a show called The Ghost Whisperer, which was on at the, the same time as Supernatural started. And the format of that show is uh, she is a medium who helps ghosts move on. Uh, whoa. Yeah. And um, the effect at the end with um, like Molly walking into the light and moving on is like very similar to The Ghost Whisperer. So like just a little cool uh, bit of... I guess foreshadowing in a reference there in the middle of the episode. During Sam's speech at the end, his, you know, you're so strong. No. She says, what do I need to do? He says, just let go. And I thought, Sam, (laughs) that's not very specific. (laughs) 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 It worked. (laughs) It, it It worked. I have a question about the lore because this episode once again kind of ties back to like you said bruce the season premiere with the explanation of spirits becoming angry spirits and the need to move on where is the reaper for molly where's the reaper for what's his face okay you keep bringing this up and (laughs) the i mean the explanation is that they just didn't go with the reaper that's it. Just didn't go and then forgot, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. Because she had things that she had to finish up. Yeah. Reviews? Reviews. Reviews. I give this episode eight Bruce Willis's out of ten. It was exciting to see the different perspective. Um, We talked about that earlier. I'm always a fan of mixing things up um, for writing in any way for a TV show. Mixing things up is always great. Um, it's a fun twist, but I, I dock points because they took the greatest twist in cinematic history and just ran with it. I, um, I think as far as not having it feel stolen. They could have had the same concept without it being the twist of the episode. It could have been, this woman does not know she's a ghost and working with that without it being the big reveal. Um, Casey, you mentioned that the writer tried for a long time to get this episode made. And I just feel like half that reason is, no, it's been done. You know, like I, I'm not a fan of, taking that plot point. So eight Bruce Willis's out of 10. I give this seven out of 10. Bruce Willis was dead the whole times. <laughs> um, real quick. I did do a quick search just to make sure that was who was dead. Um, and there is an article that I found that said seven characters who were dead the whole time. So it doesn't feel like it's the, uh, they weren't. I don't know if they were the first one to do it, but there, there are other people that have done it um, since then, at least. Um, I did enjoy this a lot. Um, the uh, the twist at the end made it really cool. I did get to a chance to watch it a second time, um, which was really neat to kind of go back and see those little things here and there that uh, you know where they knew what was going on. So um, there's a little bit of rewatchability as far as this episode goes, which makes it 
uh, pretty neat. Um, the different plot map, I think, is um, what I'm going to call it. Was neat where it wasn't. We weren't starting with the. This is what happens. Then we go investigate it, and then we fight the monster at the end. Um, it's kind of shifted around, and that was kind of cool. Um, we talked about the afterlife again. Um, apparently, you can walk into a shiny uh, thing and disappear. So that's new. Um, but it, this episode felt like it could have been from season one, and it wouldn't really matter that much. Um, so it, as far as moving the story along, and I know we're we're spoiled as far as you know the 2020 goes in TV, but uh, still, I still I love those uh, story driven episodes a lot. Um, so I, I, I could have used a, l- a little bit more, maybe even just a reference to what was really going on. Um, so seven out of 10, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. Um, I'm going to give this one nine Trisha Helfers out of 10. So uh, I think they did something really incredible with this episode. I think they made a perfect episode to introduce someone to supernatural. I think you could, if you're trying to get someone to watch this show, I would probably say this episode has a better chance of hooking someone than the pilot does. Um, As far as getting a sense of like who these characters are, what an episode feels like. um, And you get a lot of like the lore of how spirits work, how they can destroy them, everything. You get a good sense of just the whole series done in a really good episode with a great guest actor and a really fun story. Nine Trisha Helfers out of 10. Yeah, I, I guess I should mention, we talked about the, how, how they spell things out for what feels like for new viewers, but it wasn't so bad that it was annoying. No, no, it wasn't. Um, it was, so they did more, a good job with it. A nice balance. Yeah. It was more confusing than annoying. Like, why are we doing this <laughs> and not, this is annoying. Next week on Supernatural, we're watching Season 2, Episode 17, Heart. While investigating the death of a lawyer who appeared to have been killed by a wild animal, Sam and Dean realize they are tracking a werewolf. As far as predictions go, this episode doesn't give us a whole lot. Um, I like, I'm interested to see the next episode. I'm going to predict, um, we're going to see Joe. That's why it's called Heart, because they love each other. <laughs> Like brother and sister. (laughs) Definitely going to be a lesson on being your true self and having heart. It's going to be cheesy and we're going to love it. All right. I I did give a prediction as far as um, as the series goes. Um, This episode was made to give Dean that extra boost on all supernatural things aren't bad. Um, so in the future, he is going to be more accepting of things like this um, and maybe not be as harsh. Next week's episode is our first episode with a werewolf. Do you have any predictions on this monster in the sense of will it be the style of werewolf where they essentially have amnesia? Will it be just a an evil person slash werewolf? like in Harry Potter or will it be like Jekyll and Hyde of really trying to be a good person, but just can't help it. And you know, then that becomes part of the plot of do we kill this thing? This, this, the series is pretty good at taking lore that already exists, but tweaking it, you know, to make it not like a generic 
monster episode. So we're going to keep the whole Jekyll and Hyde thing, you know, in the daytime. Uh, it's, you know, maybe it is that lawyer or a lawyer's friend. Um, and then at night he goes around killing people. Um, so they're going to try to kill it at night. They're going to miss, but then they're going to realize it's a person during the day and they're going to be confl conflicted on whether to kill it or not. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at naturalfriendspodcast and Twitter at netfriendspod. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continuous support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural, Natural Friends. Friends. A werewolf. Nope. A werewolf. A werewolf. Bruce, do you hear it? Yeah. Say it. <laughs> A werewolf? Oh, I'm sorry. A werewolf. <laughs>